Basically, we were the first people to use cryptocurrency to visit the Great Barrier Reef. So it was a world first. Um, so I was very proud of that to be the first person. I was actually the first person to jump in the water. So we had the experience of going to restaurants, cafes, anywhere around the place that in using cryptocurrency to pay. So basically, we went with our phones and no wallets, nothing like that. Um, they have like a digital code that you scan. Think of a QR code. So the QR code, you go to pay, scan the QR code, and the payment is processed. Hello and welcome to episode 38. Now, you might be thinking, have I clicked on the right podcast? Of course you have. It is the one and only Assyrian podcast, but this is the first Assyrian podcast taking place in Australia with your new host, Cynthia. I had the chance to speak to Demil Kananishu, an Assyrian from Melbourne, Australia, who is the co-founder of cryptocurrency media platform, The Crypto Class. Disclaimer for you, Demil is my brother, and yes, there are many, many Assyrians here to interview, but my co-hosts Odessa and Steve liked his story so much, they made me start with this one. Now, if you're like me and don't know your Bitcoins from your Litecoins, and you're hoping someone will develop an Assyrian coin, then you're going to want to keep listening. Demil is a self-starter who left his corporate job to kickstart his business, which helps spread the word both about the benefits of cryptocurrency as well as highlight cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, which is changing the way the world works. Demil's story serves as an important reminder to all Assyrians and sends a very strong message that if you're passionate about something, put the hard yards in and you'll reap the rewards. If this is the first episode you're listening to on the Assyrian podcast, and welcome. I'm so excited to share this interview with you, but first, please don't forget to subscribe and review the Assyrian podcast wherever you listen to it and share these episodes with others. You can also show us a bit of love by spreading the word about the Assyrian podcast with your friends and family. Before we start, a massive thanks to Tony Caligarakos and the Injury Lawyers of Illinois and New York for sponsoring this episode. If you know anyone that has been in a serious accident, please reach out to Tony Caligarakos. Tony has been recognized as a top 40 lawyer and a rising star by Super Lawyers Publication and has obtained multiple multi-million dollar awards. Tony can be reached at injuryrights.com or 847-982-9516. And now, here's me and my bro. Demil, uh, as I mentioned, it's the first podcast uh, taking place in Australia. How do you feel about that? Very exciting, very exciting. I've been a big fan of the podcast. Um, I actually started off my own business with the podcast, so it's exciting to be on the Syrian one. I would love to talk to you more about that. Demil, when we first spoke to the lovely hosts, Odessa and Steve, they not only want to hear about some of the stories of Assyrians from Australia like yourself, they want to hear about a bit about life down under. So I thought we'd do something a little bit fun to kick off the first Australian Assyrian podcast um, and we could maybe bust some Australian myths for our Assyrian listeners overseas. Before we start, can I go make sure my kangaroo is all tied up? I don't want it to run away again. I need it to get home. Well, funny you should mention your kangaroo because the first one I've got is, and this is one we hear every now and again, actually quite often, um, is do you use a kangaroo to ride to and from school and work? Yes, yes we do. Um, so I have mine. His name is Joey. Uh, we'll like to get, take it to school. But no, seriously, uh, no, we don't have kangaroos that we ride to school or get in their pouches. Um, 
We very rarely see kangaroos, actually. You might see it over in the country, but there's little to none kangaroos in our sort of area, uh, which most people live in. All right. Thanks for uh, busting that myth. So next one, which I think comes from one of my absolute favorite episodes of The Simpsons, when The Simpsons make it down under. Um, The myth is, when you flush the toilet, does the water swirl the opposite direction in Australia? Well, I've only flushed a toilet here in Australia, so I can't really make comment on if it's different to America. Uh, maybe we should do a bit of a someone in America follow up, maybe. Yeah, I think. Syrian podcast. Please let us know whether your toilet toilet flushes anti-clockwise or clockwise, and we'll do a comparison. All right, we'll have to follow up on that one. Uh, myth unsolved as yet. Next myth uh, in Australia. Not only is it summer all the time, but everyone is also super tan, blonde, and fit like we see in the tourism commercials. Yep, I um, think I'm testament to this statement. So you might have to put some photos up later of DeMille. Blonde hair, extremely fit. <laughs> so just on that, um, no, not all Australians are blonde and super fit and yeah. tan. Uh, Australia is very multicultural. Uh, a lot of different cultures make up Australia, and we're not all tanned and blonde haired. It's a very, very diverse region. Growing up Assyrian, so growing up in Assyrian involved a lot of times explaining what Assyrian is to people. Um, even as a kid, it was a skill that I had to learn early on. I actually just went to the milk bar the other day, so the corner store, and the guy was asked me what an Assyrian was, and why don't I say I'm from Iran or why I'm from Iraq, you're not Assyrian. So we had a good debate about that. So we had a very small community in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, so everyone pretty much knows each other and yeah, very tight-knit. Throughout my youth, there was a lot of the little activities such as Syrian school. Uh, there was some dancing classes mixed into that. And we did some sport activities as well. We actually even played soccer for the Syrian community here. Can you tell us a bit about the Assyrian Cup? Because I think that's one of the bigger things on the uh, calendar. Yeah, so Assyrian Cup involves teams from all over Australia and New Zealand who play in a soccer football uh, tournament. Um, so yeah, just Assyrians versus Assyrians. Um, my memory from it was losing 7-0 in our only game and somehow we made it to the next stage because the team were playing forfeited. So we made it to the semi-final somehow and yeah, let's just leave it at we made it to the semi-final. Didn't see the Holy Grail that time around. And what do you think are some of the benefits of cultural activities like the Assyrian Cup? It's a sense of unity really. So you have people all around Australia and New Zealand. Everyone got along well and it's good to see that there are more Assyrians than we know. And I understand that you played in the same team as your dad. Yeah. How did, did that go down? Uh, yeah. I think he, he thought he was a lot fitter. Yeah, so he came on for about two minutes and then he was subbed off. I actually replaced him. Uh, he was a bit angry at that, so he thought he had more in the tank. But yeah, um, basically we played the whole game in our own defensive box. So we were just standing there. Getting shots. Might have to bring us. might have to bring dad on for longer. Maybe your luck will change next time. Yeah, we'll have to try it. I think one of the just on the topic of sports, one of the things that does bring um, our Assyrian community together is the love for sports. Um, particularly the love for AFL football. So the one thing about Australian football, uh, Australian rules football, is that it's almost as important as religion in Melbourne. Um, 
people don't ask whether what your nationality or religion is. The first thing I'll ask you is what football team do you support? Uh, so a lot of Assyrians have gotten on board at their own bandwagon, so they've all picked their team, so everyone has their rivalries out there. Um, it's just a sport that you, you just have to watch. There's so many rules and things to explain. So I've had some family members come down from overseas, take them to a game, and I spent most of the game explaining what <laughs> the umpire was doing or why that decision was or what the goals were and what points counted. So it's a very confusing sport, but it's a great sport. To any Assyrians you are looking to visit Australia, why should they come here? Uh, great weather most of the times, uh, lots of things to do, and just very, very relaxed place to come. So come here, chill out. Uh, I bet you guys have a lot of family here anyway, so it's always a good excuse to come here. But just a lot of things to do. And at the same time, a very, very yeah, quiet as well. So you can do things or you can just chill out on the beach or go fishing, go to a lot of sports that occur here. Maybe check out a game or two of um, AFL, Aussie Rules. Yes. So, Demille, co-founder of the Crypto Class, yep. tell us more. So, the Crypto Class is working in the cryptocurrency field. So, what we do is we offer marketing and media services for big projects out there. So, there's for the people who might be aware of Bitcoin, so pretty much think of it as digital money. So, we work with a lot of big companies to provide them with marketing and media services they require. So, that might um, be something like an interview with their CEO, reviewing projects, and just getting their word out about the project. We just want people to learn more about cryptocurrency, really. Now, that's what something I want to do, and I'm sure um, a few of our listeners would want to do as well. Your layman cryptocurrency person here. Yeah. Don't know much about it. Start from the top. Basically, cryptocurrency is digital currency, okay? Yep. And the purpose of cryptocurrency is the blockchain. So, the basis of cryptocurrency is blockchain technology. So, you might hear people say blockchain technology. So, when I want you to think of a blockchain technology, I want you to think of a ledger. So, do you know much about accounting, Cynthia? I'd say yes, but I've got an arts degree. Okay. So, so a ledger is basically... On this ledger, we'll have everything that you own. So your phone, your microphone, your laptop are all digitized. So you have microphone coin, laptop coin. So a wallet, essentially. Yeah. So everything you held is held there, okay? Yep. So when you want to send me a microphone, you sell me a microphone, okay? Right. It will be recorded on this platform. On the blockchain. On the blockchain. Yes. So it's confirmed by numerous... So it needs a about 30 confirmations around the world. So it needs 30 computers to confirm that this microphone has been sold to me. Right. Digitally. So yeah. it's mine. Okay. And 30 is the minimum amount. Uh, depends on the coin. So there's different coins. So different coins need different confirmations. Okay. So we're talking Bitcoin. It depends on the block. Uh, it's a whole different thing. So let's not go there. It's too, too, too start advanced. From the, start from the uh, very basic, I think. Yeah. So when you think of a Bitcoin, a Bitcoin, everyone, you have a Bitcoin in your wallet. Okay. Yep. On your side of the ledger. It's digital. It's a digital currency. Okay. Yeah. You send it to me, it's recorded on the blockchain. It needs to be confirmed by computers that it occurred. So people around the world use... So that's where this whole notion of decentralization comes from. So the whole purpose of Bitcoin is decentralization. So there's no actual bank of Bitcoin that holds all the Bitcoin and you store your Bitcoin there. So in the world, how many Bitcoins are there? So only 21 million Bitcoins will ever exist. Okay. So there'll never be more... Never be less. So it's building up to that point where it hits 21 million. That's why people think the asset will go up because they're so scarce. 
Um, so they're not printing more bitcoins. They can't make more bitcoins. So it holds its value. So obviously some global um, implications there. Yeah. I- so it just adds ease. Like you got a bitcoin, you don't have to think of bitcoin. You go overseas now. You're going from Australia to America. You have to exchange all your dollars and pay the exchange rates. Um, wherever you go in the world with a bitcoin, it's the same rate everywhere. Yep. Okay, it's all starting to, the pieces of the puzzle are starting to come together a little bit. Might have to do some more research myself, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, you're obviously very passionate about it. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit about how you actually got into it? Um, so I used to work in human resources and I was meeting up with, that had nothing to do with the story. But I met up with a friend one day for lunch. So he was in the office next to me and he goes, let's go for lunch. And then he started talking to me about this coin. And he mentioned how he purchased it and made some money on it. So me being very intrigued, the next day I went and I took a plunge. I uh, put, I think it was like $400 into this coin. And that was a big play for me. I was so scared doing it. But I'm like, all right, I'll try it out. So I bought, It was a, the coin was about $14. I bought $400 worth. So it was about, yeah, it was about, I bought about 40 of them. Okay, mm-hmm. so 40 of them. And then I used to watch like a hawk and just study and research what it was. And what was happening. And every day I saw, well, back then when the price was still going up, I was getting more and more excited. So then I got involved with another project. And then I actually was started, well, it was when the project was starting. And then I started getting involved in the process of creating the coin. And then from this coin... And from what I understand, just um, going back to how you got involved with the project, did you just um, come across people online with the same interest as you? How did it happen? Um, so... I got a few of my friends involved into it and then we will just discuss all the time. So we had group chats and stuff talking about what coins are coming, what news is breaking, um, just learning as much as you can. So having much information, I had no idea that I would be teaching people or anything like that, but I just wanted to learn as much as possible. So, um, so yeah, I got involved with the project. Um, so me and my friends started being involved with it. And then we actually mentioned to the founder of the coin that he should run a podcast to get people keep his investors updated of what he was doing so we'd never spoken to him on the phone it was just on the computer on the chat group and then we called him one day and then he mentioned to us that we had a very good chemistry and our and our voices worked well together and we yeah it sounded good so he's like can you guys do the podcast on me so that's where it really where it started from so we just took it and went around bit of luck a bit of destiny sounds like yeah, it was very very lucky the situation we found ourselves in um but yeah, a lot of hard work as well. But obviously to the um, founder of this coin, he obviously saw that um, you guys were quite interested and keen to pursue. Yeah, so it was a lot of time to show this interest. So he was very appreciative that I'd given up my day job. And when did you decide to do that? Uh, when did you decide that this job isn't for me anymore? I'm moving on and diving headfirst into the crypto world. Well... Actually, my first day of work, I went there and I'm like, mm, this job's not for me. But I actually stuck it out there for about 12 months. And then once I saw this opportunity, I thought to myself, why not? Uh, you're only this young one, so might as well take the risk and yeah, see where it goes. And yeah, I'm very glad I took that risk. So it sounds like you found a real um, passion for it. Um, right. Did your parents find the same passion for it when you told them you were leaving your corporate job? Was it a bit difficult to... Uh... Uh, yeah. Well, the first thing my mum said to me was, who at your age quits their job? Um, so that was the first thing I got from them. Um, obviously, a series, the first thing they look for is, oh, does he work? Has he finished uni? So I did finish uni, but 
I really just took the step towards creating my own business and yeah, I've been enjoying it so far. You spoke about yourself and your partner um, kicking off this podcast. Mm-hmm. What are the, some, some of the things you learned along the way of um, podcasting? Um, so I used to be really shy to do it. So it was really weird to be on the microphone talking to people. Um, one thing that the most important thing I learned was that podcasting is in live. So when you stutter or anything that you can actually edit it. So the things I've learned is that the magic of radio. Yeah. The magic of radio, um, just hard work. So it was annoying that we live in Australia, that the time zone is so different to everyone else in the world. So we're, when we're interviewing someone from America, China, Vietnam, um, all over Europe that we have to always adjust our time. So sometimes we're doing an interview about four or five in the morning and you have to be ready to go and sound like it's 5 p.m. in the afternoon. But yeah, And then some people that just, there's a language barrier. So there's a lot of people that we speak with, just the English isn't the best. So it's a lot of time, a lot of patience, especially at that early hours that you have to stick with these people. And not to mention um, a complex subject matter as well. Mm-hmm. So You have to deliver the best possible product to them. So... You have to ask the questions. You have to write questions. You have to research a project thoroughly and know what questions to ask. Know what's coming up next month. Is are they announcing something? What are they announcing? So you have to know everything the behind the scenes of the project. You can't just go in and say, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" What's been one of the more um, memorable podcasts that you've worked on? Um, so we're actually doing a series with a top fifteen project at the moment it's called NEM. So it's a cryptocurrency NEM. Uh, we've done a lot of exciting things with them. Uh, so we've just started a partnership with them in the past year or so. Um, I actually had the, the pleasure of going to the first whole town that uses cryptocurrency as a payment method. So it's called Agnes Water 1770. So it's actually a very, very beautiful town. Um, it's on the beach, it's right onto the barrier reef. Um, so we had the experience of going to restaurants, cafes, anywhere around the place that in using cryptocurrency as a pay. So basically we went with our phones and no wallets, nothing like that. Um, they have like a digital code that you scan. Think of a QR code. So the QR code, you go to pay, scan the QR code, and the payment is processed. Uh, no waiting around, nothing like that. Um, basically, we were the first people to use cryptocurrency to visit the Great Barrier Reef. Um, so it was a world first. Um, so I was very proud of that to be the first person. I was actually the first person to jump in the water. Uh, don't ask what happened in the water. I had a panic attack for some reason, but yeah. So make sure if you guys get the chance, check out the video. Uh, I bought a drone a while ago and I finally used it to good use and I got some really, really cool shots going out there. And where can we find the crypto class? Uh, so you can find us on YouTube at the crypto class. So yeah, it's so on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. All of the socials by the sound of things. Yeah. Check it out, guys. Um, for someone like me who doesn't know much about cryptocurrency, I know a bit more today. What's your advice? Uh, research. So don't go buying cryptocurrencies with the thought that you're going to make money the next day look at the reasons why you're buying it and what changes it can have to the future Um, blockchain technology can change how the world works at the moment it's going to be a slow burn but it'll definitely change the world it's just yeah it's the next advancement of technology i mean it's been more streamlined in life so everything wants to be everything needs to be like quick 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 so i think blockchain technology will change the way the world works so you see it we've worked with projects that work with medical data and hospitals that use um, blockchain technology so uh it's changing the world as we know it um just learn what how the world can change if something catches your eye put an investment in it if you really really want to but be careful because it's a very volatile market so you got to be ready to take a loss really so invest your money with the it's gambling at the end of the day so take the gamble on the projects that you think might have a chance of changing the future 
Very um, good advice, Demille, I think. Um, and how, in, in the years that you've been involved, um, how have you seen the cryptocurrency world change and develop? So when I got involved, it was a very niche, niche market. No one knew about it. Um, I remember I telling my manager, I used to say, oh, he's asked me for investing advice. I time invest in this, invest in that. Um, so it was very, very rare people knew what it was. I was, I was a very big advocate of it. And then it was about last year where we started hitting the peaks of the market where Bitcoin rose from about 6,000 US dollars to about $19,777 in a few months. So in January, it hit a peak and... You couldn't go anywhere without hearing people speak about Bitcoin or listening to the news and people talking about Bitcoin. Um, it brought awareness of technology. I think people still aren't aware of what the technology actually does. They just think of it as a um, as a investment thing. Mm, exchange. So yeah. yeah, so Bitcoin, you can look at it as a store of value. So look at gold. So in the cryptocurrency world, it's a store of value. So that's where it's sort of like stable, stable-ish as it gets in cryptocurrency. So it's when you get onto other projects that are very much different so people need to learn there's a difference between what cryptocurrency is and blockchain technology um but yeah so a lot of awareness came about last year with the quick quick rise of it but yeah interesting enough that a few years ago you could have bought two pizzas with ten thousand bitcoins and now that ten thousand bitcoins to his days are worth about seventy million dollars. And like you said, the market is volatile so who knows yeah. what will happen in six months in twelve yeah, months. Yeah but let me be clear that Cryptocurrency is not Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. There is many more different cryptocurrencies out there and that utilize the technology. You mentioned that um, anyone looking to get into cryptocurrency should research and find um, a coin um, that stands for um, a project they might be interested in. What's an um, example of a project that you're interested in? So we'll get a project from Australia, a local one. We'll get Powerledger. So We've had the opportunity to work with Power Ledger, um, with the co-founder, Dr. Gemma Green, on our show a few times. Even one time we met her in the city, we actually gave her a lift to the airport because we live pretty close by. Uh, so what their project is doing is digitizing solar panel technology. So they're buying like apartments and houses and they're putting solar panels on the houses and then they're giving you tokens for creating energy so it's very good in terms of conservation and creating and sustainable sustainable technology so with power you're saying that um these apartment buildings and the residents are sharing um solar panels and basically from what i understand is if you're not using um all of the power coming through your allocation of the solar panels mm-hmm. you're then able to sell this back into the crypto market yeah so you're basically investing into electricity so whatever electricity is consumed or generated that's not being used through solar that's not being used is turned into a token called sparks so then you can sell those sparks to people that need the electricity right and it's taking out the middleman by the sound of things so i'm not sure what it's like um over in the northern hemisphere but here um if you've got solar panels and you've got excess um power you sell it back to the electricity company, but um, at a bit of a loss. Yes, exactly. So it's a lot of blockchain technology is removing the unnecessary intermediaries. Everything, like I said, everything, all these sparks are recorded on the blockchain. So everyone knows how many sparks is created. So there's no hiding anything. There's no lying. There's no um, cheating people because you can't, you can't send a cryptocurrency and keep it. You can't send a, a again, I'll go to Bitcoin. You can't send a Bitcoin and then, sell it and then not send it 
it's confirmed by 30 computers around the world or 30 or more computers around the world that this transaction has occurred. What is some advice that you've got for any Assyrian looking to pursue um, a business similar to what you did with the crypto class? Look for something that you're you're passionate in. So find something that interests you that you're, you can speak about all day. So a lot of people work now in places where they actually don't care what they're working about. It's just a job. So look for something that you could do every day for the rest of your life and not get bored with and you want to learn more about. So be passionate about it. Do as much research as you can before you jump into it. Um, and look for how you will actually make the money. So you can easily have a business idea, but you need to know how this will transform into you making a career out of it. So look for something that people need. Look for a way that people will pay you and look for a way and look for how much people will pay you for that. And will they keep coming back to you to pay for this item? or service so if you have an idea you should really go for it and worst case you gotta go start again so Demil that's some um, great advice to wrap up our first uh, Australian Assyrian podcast thanks for um, coming on board thanks it's been a pleasure